The Vancouver Canucks, a disappointing season to say the least. Of course, they had great success in that Edmonton bubble, pushing Vegas to Game 7 in the second round. And with that, probably brought some unrealistic expectations to this shortened 2021 campaign. The Canucks end up finishing last in the North Division, eighth last in the league overall, and now have the ninth best chance at the first overall pick and a chance to select projected top draft eligible player, defenseman Owen Power. But the big news from the team this week is that GM Jim Benning is sticking around despite the entire fan base seemingly wanting him gone and head coach Travis Green received a two-year extension as his contract was set to expire at the end of the year. To talk more about it all, please to welcome the voice of the Canucks on Sportsnet 650 and also right here on Radio NL, Brendan Batchelor. Batch, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. Well, really appreciate you taking the time. I mean, I guess I'll just start with the uh, news from Travis Green getting a two-year extension. I was, you know, kind of sitting here waiting, thinking he would be back behind the bench. But, of course, it was really unknown given the, uh, you know, circumstances surrounding the team and not really wanting to put any money on the table during this pandemic. But he gets that two-year extension. Were you surprised at all with just the the length of that two years? Not a huge vote of confidence, but still, uh, you know, a little bit of time to try to right the ship here. Yeah, the the length didn't surprise me that much because it's the exact same term that Jim Benning has left on his contract. So it would make sense to line up your general manager and your head coach on the same timeline so that, uh, you know, if things don't go well over the next season or two, then you have the option to make a change there. What did surprise me is how long it took them to get this deal done. The fact that we were talking about Travis Green's future heading into and coming out of the last game of the year and still didn't have any uh, conclusive answers. So it was nice to see that uh, once the the ownership group completed their review and decided that they were going to keep Jim Benning, and certainly uh, there's all sorts of debate within the fan base and around the hockey team about whether that was the right decision. But once they came to that decision, it's nice to see that they gave Jim uh, the power to bring Travis back because he said throughout the year that that was his plan, that was his intent, that he wanted Travis Green back as his head coach. And, you know, from following this team as closely as I do, I certainly believe Travis Green, after what the team accomplished in the bubble last year, uh, deserved an opportunity to continue to coach this team going forward. Well, I personally also believe that uh, Travis is a, is a good young head coach, someone who is sort of, you know, finding his way in the NHL. And this season, probably not a fair one, right, to actually grade him on based on all the injuries that happened, the huge COVID-19 mess that the team was put under. You know, there was some other issues that they had to deal with, with, uh, you know, some, some guys dealing with office issues as well. I mean, just probably not a fair season, right, to actually grade how good Travis is as a coach, given all the uh, other stuff he had to deal with. Yeah, and in normal circumstances, I don't believe Travis Green would have completed this year without a contract just based on the success the team had last year in the bubble. This, to me, uh, is a situation where the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, affected the economy around the NHL and the economic moves that the Canucks wanted to make. And, um, you know, if they weren't sure their general manager was going to be back, which I think is probably fair based on, uh, you know, some of the speculation that was around the team this week. Uh, I can understand them not wanting to spend money until they were sure of, of the plan that they wanted to go for in the future. But generally speaking, in the National Hockey League, if a head coach has the level of success that Travis Green had last year in the bubble, he earns himself a contract extension 
obviously the pandemic and not being able to have fans in the building and generate revenue uh, was a major impact on this season for a variety of reasons. And I believe it was a major impact on why Travis Green went without a contract all year as well. Now, you mentioned how both uh, Jim Benning now and Travis Green each have two years left on their respective deals. Do you see this as being safe for two years? Because we know that, you know, coaching, general manager positions, they often are, you know, never really safe. Um, so the fact that they got two years is great, but maybe it's uh, really a, a one-year trial to kind of see if they can get things back on track after, you know, finishing last. Clearly a disappointment for all Vancouver Canucks fans here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, would I be willing to guarantee that both of them see out those full two years? I wouldn't, especially if the team struggles out of the gate next year. This is going to be a big offseason for the Canucks. Uh, Jen Benning and Travis Green met the media today, and they said all the right things about wanting to be aggressive, having the resources they need to, to improve this team right away. But make no mistake about it, uh, there's a lot of unrest in the fan base in Vancouver and throughout the province and, and throughout the world of, of Canuck fans that aren't pleased with what has gone on through the first seven years of Jim Benning's tenure that is now going to roll over into year eight as he comes back. So, uh, you know, we hope and assume that fans will be back in the building come the fall. And if this is a team that uh, struggles out of the gate or has a disappointing offseason or that fans don't believe in going into next year, it would not surprise me at all that if fans are back in the building, they would make their opinions known and make them known loudly, uh, much like they did when Mike Gillis's tenure ended with the Canucks, too. So uh, I would not say there's any guarantee for either Jim Benning or Travis Green going forward, and this offseason is going to be crucial for the future of the Canucks and for the future of, of those two guys and their job security going forward. I, I got to imagine... Task number one has to be the signings of Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. Um, did you get sort of a, a sense on where contract talks are at during today's press conference? Not really, although, you know, Jim made it clear that it's priority number one for the organization. Uh, we know that uh, these are the two you know, cornerstone pieces of their franchise right now. They need to get them signed. I expect they will. Uh, they're both restricted free agents. The only potential fly in the ointment is that Elias Pettersson is offer sheet eligible. So that is a situation where another team could, uh, you know, try to, to steal him away on a, on a contract, much like we saw the Montreal Canadiens mm -hmm. trying to do with Sebastian Ajo a few years ago. But uh, I would imagine that any contract that's offered to Elias Pettersson would be matched by the Canucks. So uh, it, would, it would shock me greatly if those two players are not back in Vancouver uniforms next year. Absolutely. It would shock me. I don't even, could, couldn't even put it into words if they weren't back, what I would feel about that. But uh, any idea what they might be looking at? Long-term deals, bridge deals, any indication? Probably not at this point, eh? Uh, the, the rumors are that they'd likely be bridge deals. Just, you know, as we've said, the flat cap and the, the pandemic economy has impacted so many things uh, that if I was a player in their situation, I would be looking at trying to sign my long-term deal at a point when the salary cap goes up and there may be more money available for me. Mm -hmm. So uh, for both of these guys, it wouldn't surprise me if they sign shorter bridge deals somewhere between two and four years and hope that when their contracts are up again, uh, that the salary cap has gone up quite a bit, which you know we expect they will within the next few years because of the big television deals that the NHL has signed south of the border. And at that point, it would set them up well to 
maximize their earning capability, I guess. Uh, you know, probably the Canucks would like to get them long term, but uh, I guess we'll have to see. And the interesting part about this is that they now both have the same agent, so it's entirely possible that these deals for Hughes and Pedersen end up matching uh, each other in terms of term and potentially in terms of dollar amount as well. Mm-hmm. Any idea how much of an impact uh, the expansion has on the ability to do things this year? I mean, I would assume that, you know, the majority out there probably feel like Braden Holpe might be the guy that the Seattle Kraken end up selecting, needing to get some kind of veteran goaltending in there. And, you know, that's a pretty significant salary that would come off the books if that were to happen. But that might not be the case, right? They might take a, a, a lesser dollar value player. Uh, how, how much does expansion impact things, do you think, uh, this summer and, and what Jim Benning can and can't do? Yeah, I think the Canucks are actually in a really good situation with the expansion draft. Uh, you know, Braden Holtby coming off the books, if that were to happen, would be a good result, but I don't think it's likely just because of the dollar amount on the contract and, you know, to the degree that he underperformed compared to expectations as the Canucks' second goaltender this year. Right now it looks like, you know, Seattle might be looking at one of Vancouver's B prospects if they're not able to protect, you know, like a Jonah Gadjevich or a Jet Wu potentially, although I, actually I believe Wu doesn't even have to be protected because of his lack of experience. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, right now the Canucks actually are in a situation where they could look to capitalize on other teams' issues where if there's a team out there, and we saw this before Vegas came into the league, that has, you know, players that they want to protect and they're not able to protect all of them, the Canucks could with their situation, uh, go out and acquire a player from another team to try and help them deal with their situation and also for Vancouver to upgrade the roster because there are some players that you would project them to protect right now that you know you could debate whether they would be worth protecting. So the, the expansion draft situation for the Canucks, I think, is pretty favorable where it's unlikely that they lose any sort of impact player on their roster. And in fact, they might be able to weaponize their situation to to their benefit to go out and acquire someone that could help them next year and in the future as well. I'll get you out of here on this batch, but, uh, you know, it's been uh, a bubble to remember. And then, of course, we got this weird 2021 COVID-19 season that we had to deal with. No fans in the stands. We know guarantees what things are going to look like come the fall, but just how much are you, as someone who calls the games, just hoping to see that fan atmosphere get back into Rogers Arena and be able to, you know, experience more than just empty noise? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for us as broadcasters, you know, we've been very fortunate to be at the home games in person, uh, but it's it's not at all the same calling in games in an empty arena. Uh, you know, the fans are, you know, what make the NHL so great, and we've seen it with some of the playoff games. Mm-hmm. Down in the States, we've had upwards of 10,000 fans, and you realize how much you've missed that atmosphere. And then, you know, for us from a broadcasting perspective, personally, we haven't been able to travel with the team. Uh, you know, ever since the, the pandemic began. So that's made calling road games off of monitors, and that has its own unique set of challenges. And also one of the greatest perks of the job is being able to, to travel around the continent and see all the various different arenas and cities. So uh, I'm very hopeful both for selfish reasons and, you know, for the fan base that we can get back to some level of normalcy and have fans in the stands and uh, have a, a normal NHL season come the fall. Well, Batch, always appreciate listening to you on the radio. You always have a great call. So thanks for all the hard work throughout this bizarre COVID-19 season and uh, look forward to catching up with you in the future. But thanks for uh, this little post-mortem here today. Always appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks to all our uh, great listeners on Radio ML. We we truly appreciate the support uh, of our broadcast. 
uh, not just in Vancouver, but throughout the province as well. Of course. Awesome stuff. Brendan Batchelor right there, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks, the play-by-play man on Sportsnet 650, and of course also right here on Radio NL. When we bring you Vancouver Canucks games, Brendan Batchelor is always the guy who has the call. So my thanks to Batch for coming on the show and talking a little bit about the Canucks season that was and the offseason that is to come. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had a very positive outlook when it comes to expansion, right? Saying that the Canucks are pretty well set up. We'll see what happens. You know, he mentioned like a Gadjevich maybe might be somebody that's on the radar of the Kraken. Um, you know, I still feel like Holtby makes sense. But again, I guess the, the $4.5 million might not be so appetizing. But it's also only one year left. So that also might be something that they look at. I don't know. It's hard to say exactly where the Kraken are going to be going with this. But, you know, they're going to want to try to get as many young, good players in the roster as possible as they prepare for expansion. But we saw with Vegas just how crazy things can get once you start dealing with a brand new franchise and having them enter the draft. You know, they automatically get a shot, a great shot at the first overall pick by being an expansion team. I mean, when you pay over a billion dollars for a franchise, I think you earn the right to have a, at least an opportunity at that top overall pick. And then we'll see what happens. We'll see what wheel, wheeling and deal and uh, the, the GM of uh, the, the crack and Ron Francis has up its sleeve. Cause I imagine there's going to be uh, it's not going to be straightforward. It's not going to be a simple process when we go through that that whole expansion deal again. So looking forward to seeing what that looks like. But uh, as things sit right now, the Vancouver Canucks, I'm just looking at their cap space. They are projected, as it stands, to have about $15 million in projected cap space this offseason. That's not a whole heck of a lot to work with when you're trying to sign a couple of cornerstone pieces and defenseman Quinn Hughes and uh, centerman uh, Elias Pettersson. You also got, um, who else is on there? Um, um, Yoli Yolevi. Not that that's going to cost you a whole heck of a lot to re-sign, but there's some guys out there. there there's some going to be some gaps within this roster. Um, you know, they only have, as of right now, three defensemen signed for next year. Uh, so they got some work cut out of them, out for them, that's for sure. Will uh, Alex Edler be back? That's another big question mark. He's going to be turning 36 next season. He's definitely not going to get the $6 million he got this year. But will he come back on maybe a league minimum deal or something like that to continue playing in Vancouver? I could foresee that happening. Whether the team wants to do that is a whole other story. But based on Jim Benning's track record, he'll probably end up signing Edler for about uh, three years, three and a half million, because that's just something Jim seems to like to do.